Remember the passion you felt doing that particular thing you always loved to do when you were a kid? Whether it was to laugh or to love or to explore, to play or create. Those passions weren't just you being a kid. They were gifts of clarity. They're the desires of your heart authentically expressed. Hi, I'm Courtney Cole, and this is the Love Freak Podcast, where we remember who we really are and what we've come to this planet to create. It's here we make a choice, love or fear. It's here we choose to vibrationally realign ourselves with the truth of our essence, love. 528 hertz, the love frequency, which therefore allows us to realign with conscious healing, authenticity, and creativity. Don't freak out. This is your true nature. Hey guys, welcome back to the Love Freak Podcast. I am so lucky to be here with country music star Brandon Stansel. And Brandon and I go way back to our college years at Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and he's out here living in LA now with me. <laughs> I mean, he's not living with me, but he's with me in LA, um, doing his musical thing and kicking total, but I'm not even kidding you. He's so awesome. And I'm so inspired by him because he's just making massive waves in the country music world by shedding light on love and acceptance within the LGBTQ community in an industry that is pretty resistant, um, to LGBTQ artists like himself. Um, in 2018, CMT actually premiered his music video for his single hometown, which is a really emotional video about his story of coming out to his uh, strict Southern Baptist family. And it's hard to watch you guys in a sense of, I just can't believe anyone having to experience what he experienced uh, for living his truth. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Um, but the good news is, is that the video made history. By addressing these LGBTQ themes for the first time on the TV network. Um, and the video went on to being named one of Rolling Stone's top 10 country music videos of 2018. So that's pretty neat. And he just released a documentary called Three Chords and a Lie, which tells more of his story of him as he hits the road uh, with a new album. And he's working to find healing and reconciliation between he and his family after 10 years of being estranged uh, because of his coming out. So what a story, Brandon, and what an honor to chat with you today. Thank you for joining me. Well, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. It's good to see your face. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. We're on Zoom right now, you guys, um, for those of you who don't know. So you might not be able to see us, but you can hear us. Um, and I, it, first of all, I just have to say, even though we are on Zoom, like I wish I could just come through and just give you a huge <laughs> hug after I watched the uh, hometown video again. And that whole first scene is just so incredibly powerful, Brandon. Like that's got to have been a hard scene to have filmed. Yeah. You know, I, um, I can't believe it's been a few years since we did that. It feels like yesterday, but you know, I, um, it was tough to go back to that place, right? You know, and kind of like try to tap into those moments. And what I what I really did was, um, you know, we kind of pulled together. I had all of these experiences when I came out. You know, talking to my parents and talking to my siblings and friends, um, you know, and, and relatives. And uh, there were all of these different sound bites from different people. Um, and uh, what I wanted to do was try to figure out a way to kind of pull those into one scene. Um, wow. And so that's 
that's kind of what we did. And um, my friend Janet played my mother and I've known Janet my whole life. Um, she was uh, awesome. She's incredible. And, uh, you know, and uh, she actually walked in the front door where we were shooting and she, we hadn't seen each other in just a, in a, in a little while. And she was like, I'm going to hug you. And then I'm not going to speak to you for the rest of the day. And I was like, that is a, that, okay, we can do that. And so she didn't, she was like, you know, she came in and, you know, we had like one moment and then we were like method acting for the rest of the time. But it was, I think it's what made it, you know, really hit. Um, and uh, I was ner- obviously nervous to do it, but I, it really came out um, to be something that, you know, I, I, I think turned out well and that I'm you know, really proud of. Brandon, it's, it's so good. And uh, for those of you who haven't seen the video, uh, you have to go check it out. Like he sets up this scene uh, that kind of is reenacts, you know, moments after coming out to his mom as she's like frantically running around the house, folding clothes, telling him he has to leave and his eyes like are just filled with tears. And, you know, like when you cry, you have like those red patches, you know, along your eyes, you had all of that. Like it was so real. And that's what I was going to ask you. And you kind of touched on that. Like, is that really what happened? Like, was your, you just said you were pulling in from a bunch of different sound bites, but did that scene really happen? Yeah. I mean, it, it didn't happen exactly like that. You know, I, I was 22. We were in school. I was finishing up my last year at Belmont. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, the idea of that scene and being kicked out actually came from the conversation that I had with my oldest sister. I was living at her house, uh, in Nashville at the time. And, um, you know, she came, she came by the house and, um, when she found out, uh, cause I hadn't gotten to tell her she had, uh, she had heard through my parents. Um, and, uh, you know, she came and she asked me to leave and uh, she didn't want me living there anymore. And, um, so, you know, I I had to, that, that was kind of the inspiration for that scene. Um, you know, but I had similar conversations with my, you know, with my mom and dad and, um, you know, they, they're, you know, basically their, their, you know, response was, you know, if you're not gonna come home and like go to conversion therapy, then, you know, we're not, we can't really have anything to do with you. So it was very much that that same ostracized feeling that you get from watching that, uh, that scene, I think. But again, it was, um, it was a combination of both of those experiences. Um, I think that in an effort to kind of make it as available to as many people as possible, um, I think the, the mother-son relationship is more relatable. Um, so that's kind of why we did that. But um, yeah, it's, it's my truth in, 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 a, in a kind of a, a wrapped up version, um, but uh, like a, uh, the best artistic way that I knew, I knew how to present it. And I think that's what I love so much about you and, and what you're doing. Like you just, you are so adamant about owning your truth. And that's a big part of this podcast is, is living your truth so that you're able to connect more, more with, you know, love and and that oneness that's just ever flowing throughout us all and so that we can be the best creative expression of ourselves that there is and and you're doing that and I can't imagine what it's like expressing this to people that you love so dearly and who are supposed to love you no matter what and them saying no actually that's not okay and we want to send you to conversion therapy to take this away from you and say, no, you can't be this way. Like, what did that feel like? 
And what is conversion therapy? Like what? <laughs> like I'm sitting here going like, wait, this is a thing. Yeah. I mean, thank God that it's, it's being, uh, uh, banned in most States, but it's still legal in, in several States, including Tennessee. Um, but, uh, I, I felt very fortunate that I had, um, I've always told people I have an old soul in here. Um, and there was a part of me that always knew that even as an exercise to try to appease and, and placate my parents, uh, you know, that going to one of those places was going to do a lot more harm to me than good. Um, you know, so it was never an option for me. It was never something that I ever considered. I, I simply turned it down. Um, but basically the, there are, there, there are less now, but there were organizations that existed and, and still exist today that, you know, claim that, you know, being queer, being LGBTQ is a choice and that can be corrected. And so through a, uh, you know, through a series of exercises or, um, you know, therapies that you can actually change your sexual orientation. Um, a lot of them are religiously based. Uh, and um, so anyway, that was, you know, something that my, uh, you know, my parents advocated for, my siblings advocated for, uh, but something that I didn't have any interest in. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty tough. And, you know, I, I'm a, a big proponent of, of pushing, um, you know, for, um, for like out, you know, out here in California, I work with Equality California and they're like the kind of legislative group that pushes um, to, uh, to uh, I guess, advance LGBT, uh, LGBTQ rights in the state. And a lot of states have these. Um, and those are the groups that are pushing to ban things like conversion therapy in states where they still exist. Um, like wow, I said, a lot of, powerful. a lot of states are kind of getting rid of it, uh, because they realize that it, it is basically child abuse, um, you know, at, it, at its core. And, uh, I think a lot of people are starting to realize that. And so they're, they're, they're pushing to legally ban it from the states. Well, you're really in a sense, in that regard, you're denying someone their reality. Sure. You know, yeah. you're completely denying someone of whatever they're experiencing with inside themselves and saying that that's not okay for them to experience. And on any, any level, that's just never okay. Right. Sure. I mean, yeah. that's just suppressing feelings and emotions. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's, a, it's a reason why a lot of the organizations have kind of disbanded over the years. I, I think one of the kind of the famous uh, examples was there was a ministry called Exodus um, that a lot of, a lot of, you know, people tried. Um, and then finally the founders said, you know, what we're doing doesn't work. And oh, by the way, we're queer. <laughs> right. Wow. So it was, it was pretty, you know, I think, I think that it's thankfully slowly coming apart at the seams. Um, and it's not as prevalent as it once was, but, um, still exists. So anyway. And a lot of this is coming from this conversion therapy and a lot of the beliefs that your family has is all religious based. Like they're, they're coming at you because they're afraid that you're going to go to hell or something bad's going to happen because it goes against what they believe. Right. This is all sure. a religious thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, you know, and we kind of, we kind of tackled this a little bit in the, in the documentary that, um, just came out. Um, 
it wasn't anything that I really wanted to do because I, you know, um, I, these relationships are, it's not a, a resolved thing, right? So it's like, it's an ongoing, um, continual like fight. Um, and um, that, that, make, that made making this documentary pretty tough uh, because it is looking at relationships that are not great and that, are, that, that kind of struggle to exist by themselves without putting a camera on them. Um, but I thought it was important um, because, you know, my my story is, you know, my own. Um, and I think, you know, it can, I think hearing it can help people, but um, I, I'm not, a, I'm not unique in the story in saying that like a lot of people, a lot of queer kids experience, you know, what I, what I went through. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, so in the documentary, we, we interview a bunch of kids that um, uh, from Launchpad Nashville, which is a charity that I work with in Nashville, who take in homeless youth. Uh, a majority of the kids they take in happen to be queer. There's a wild overrepresentation of queer youth that come in for this reason that you know, a, a lot of it is religiously based. Their parents don't understand, they don't accept them. Um, so they kick them out uh, and they, they wind up on the streets. Um, and, uh, you know, thankfully that didn't happen to me. You know, I was kicked out of my sister's house, but I was 22 and had a job for the first time in my life and could kind of take care of myself. Um, so I was very, very lucky, but, you know, if I had done it earlier, if I had, you know, come out in my teens or early twenties, I, I think I would have found myself in a, in a much different situation. Um, but anyway, so, you know, we interview these kids and get their stories, um, as just a way of showing that you know, this is a, this is not a story that is unique to me, that it happens to a lot of people and it's still happening today. I came out 10 years ago, these kids are living on the street now. Um, and so it's, it, there had to be, there has to be something that kind of breaks the wheel, right? Um, because what I have found, especially with religious people and specifically Christian people, um, you know, that, that I grew up with was that, you know, they, it was kind of this world where um, they can't feel empathy for you and what you went through because at the end of the day, they still adhere to this religious text that says, this is how you treat queer people. Um, so they can't feel bad for the things that you went through because they think you deserved it in a way. Right. Um, and that has been really tough to kind of get over because it's really hard to have a relationship with that kind of person. Um, what's interesting is that um, they, don't, they don't really want you to talk about it. And I think this is why the cycle has gone unbroken for so long. Um, I have found that anytime that I talk about it, my, especially my family get really upset uh, because they they think that it's they find it embarrassing or they they find that it is like injurious to them somehow. Um, but it yet so it's almost more to, about them than it oh, really. Of course, is yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. But it's but it's again why I think why I think this wheel has gone unbroken for so long because you know kids who come out they're treated poorly they're kicked out um, they're made to feel like something's wrong with them like they're broken um, just like I felt um, but. Any, but when you find the, you know, when you find yourself and you finally become comfortable with who you are and like you actually start talking about your experiences, the people that, 
you know, were involved in that don't want you to do that because they feel somewhat embarrassed or like, uh, I guess, again, like, like you're hurting them in some way. And you're like, wait, wait, this is, this is, this is gaslighting. This is, this is not right. Um, Because I think that, I think that if you are religious and you do, you know, think that being queer is wrong, um, and that's the, and you have a sibling or a friend or you treat them poorly, you should have to own that. Like you should have to own that um, and defend it with whatever religious text that you're using to, you know, justify your behavior. Um, but uh, man, it's just, it just is confusing and, um, it, and, and, and it, it's, a, it's a hard cycle to break. Um, I'm sure it's so confusing especially like when you're trying to probably tap into the I mean you grew up in in the church and you're trying to tap into this peace and this acceptance that you know exists because you're feeling it within yourself it's like uh you know just by living your truth there's automatically this acceptance and this peace that comes with that right so you know that that's real but then you're seeing kind of these uh boxes and we've talked about this on the podcast before these religious boxes that people allow themselves to live in um you know that just have these hard hard walls that just keep people like suffocated from like this love that's ever flowing you know and it's like it's a very controlled environment you know very fear-based I feel like the the love that I've come to know in my faith and in my spirituality uh and the love that I feel like like Jesus was and is, in my opinion, is a love that promotes truth. Um, whether that's truth in spiritual teachings or truth in our spirit, you know, what actually is versus uh, what we allow ourselves to be. Sure. And it's a love that accepts that truth and and allows us to be what we are. I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, and, and so I, th- I think the the only thing that, a person like myself can do is really push the story, really yeah. push and get that, you know, t- talk about it. Uh, and the best way that I've known how to do that is to write about it. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, you know, spent the year uh, last year writing this EP that came out in uh, in the summer called Hurt People. And I, and then I got presented with this opportunity to do this uh, documentary without TV. Um, and I just really looked at, uh, looked at it as another like kind of medium to tell the story. And, um, you know, and the EP ended up eventually just being the soundtrack to the, to the doc, um, which oh, was wow. great. But um, yeah, I, I, so I think that that is kind of, um, you know, has been my passion to not only bring um, just to tell my stories, but also very specifically to to do it in the country genre where, um, yeah. you know, where we're not, uh, there's not a, a, a an abundance of LGBTQ representation, right? <laughs> right, I know, uh, you're you're so, just killing it. But you're no, that just, voice. But it's, it's so, I don't know, it's, um, it, it, is, it is a weird winding road to travel. And I never thought, I never saw myself in this role, I mean like, you know, when, when I first met you, like I was so closeted and, and like being gay was, I was, you know, I was taught it was the worst thing that you could be. Right. Um, so it was the thing that I hated most about myself and like that I hid so deeply. Um, and then. Did did you always know that that was 
a part of you? Like, have oh, you known sure. from a young age? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I knew I was, I was gay when I was about six. Um, okay. so, um, yeah, so I, I know I knew and, and battled it my whole, whole life. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, um, I, I think that, you know, looking back, it's very, I never saw myself in this position. <laughs> yeah. I never saw myself here just because like, I am trying to push equality so hard, uh, in every way that I know how to do it. Um, whether it's through music or politics, um, or a combination of both. Um, right. you know, I, 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 that is my, that is my passion. And, uh, you know, going from, uh, you know, a person that was so ashamed of being gay to who I am now, um, is a wild 180, but, uh, I feel so grateful for my path and the people that, you know, helped me along the way uh, and got me to where I am today. Um, I feel, I feel really, really grateful because they saved my life. Um, they really did. And they, and they, and they gave me a life um, and one that I'm really proud of. Well, absolutely. I'm, I'm sitting here watching you just live your life. Like how different it would have been if you would have just said, Oh, like screw it all. Like I'm not going to live my truth. I'm just going to please my parents and, you know, live within their limiting beliefs. And you know, like you wouldn't be living your dream. You wouldn't be changing people's lives. You, you wouldn't be doing half the things that you're doing right now. And even if yeah. you were, it wouldn't be honest. as fulfilling and honest. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure that there would be a lot of other problems that come along with that. And I, I know that there's a lot of problems that come with this, but yeah. you can lay your head and, and on your pillow at night, knowing like I'm being honest to myself and I'm proud of myself. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like the most important part, right? You said that you went through a pretty rough depression after yeah. you came out. And I, I want to ask, like, first of all, what led up to you being like, okay, I'm 22. Now's the time that I'm going to do this to kind of moving through that depression and just having to kind of like almost mourn this other life that you had been living in a way like what led up to all this yeah um and that morning is a process right like i i yeah. still go, i still go through waves of that you know and uh, um i think most people do um when they lose a lot um but i can't give myself too much credit um i started dating someone in college who i fell in love with and um, we dated for about seven years and I loved him a lot. And uh, it got to about a year into that relationship where I just, it got too hard to lie about it anymore. And I started to feel so terrible about, you know, lying about this person that I really was beginning to love um, and, um, you know, and, and diminish our relationship by trying to hide it. Um, so it really took me dating him uh, and me loving him as much as I did to be honest with the other people in my life. Um, I am always in awe of people that just find the strength within themselves and by themselves to just be honest um, and, and come out 
that's why National Coming Out Day is one of my favorite days. <laughs> I, I get to hear stories. I feel like there's a day for everything, right? These days. Yeah, but there anyway, is. <laughs> this is actually um, one of those that I really, I really jump on because I love hearing people's stories um, and why they decided to come out and when um, and what inspired them to do that. Um, mine was love, and um, like I said, I don't, I don't know if I'd had if anything else would have, would have drawn me out, but I'm, I'm, I, I will forever be very grateful to him. Um, because again, he was one of those people on my path that really changed, changed my life. But how often do we like, that's like the most beautiful reason, first of all, to come out based off of love. Right. But it's like, how often do we fall in love with people? And you know, you're in the, that beginning stage of a relationship where you feel so crazy and like, overwhelmingly yourself because you're loving someone that loves you and you you never feel more in alignment than in that moment when you're and I think that's it right like I had I tried dating a girl in college early college um and um man it was so tough because every day was a battle um you know not with her but like just within myself and when I when I finally started dating a man um I never felt more like myself I was so, it, everything felt so right and so easy and, and so me um, that I couldn't deny who I was anymore. And uh, it was, I mean, like you just, you can't, you can't know that until you give yourself the freedom to, you know, stretch and be more than you were, than you were told you could be. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Oh, a hundred percent. And I love what you said about denying who you are. Like when we let these egoic mentalities like fear, uh, because we know that lack of acceptance comes from a fear-based belief, right? Um, but when we let these egoic mentalities take over, they create this duality and that duality lives in complete denial of that oneness, that sense of connectiveness to all that is. And that is in alignment with who yeah. we are at, at our core. It's our truth. And it feels so good when you live in connection with that oneness, yeah. because that's what's authentically you in any other, you know, living in that fear or whatever is denying that. So it's going to feel pretty bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's going to feel wrong. And I, um, I just, I, you know, I have, I, I often think about, um, people like me 10 years ago um and how just tortured they must feel um because i know that if i hadn't had these certain set of experiences i i don't know where i would be right now or who i would be um but uh i don't think that i would be me um and uh i think i would be a very very you know tortured person on the inside um, and so again, I just, I feel very grateful for my, for my path. Um, but, uh, you know, and very inspired, uh, to kind of help facilitate, uh, and make that transition easier for people, um, that don't feel like they can do it for whatever reason, you know, whether it's, they, you know, feel like they're going to get disowned or they don't feel like they're going to have support or they don't know who to turn to, or they don't really know what it's like on the other side, um, yeah. of that like to really kind of, to have these conversations, to start to, um, you know, 
to lay out, you know, what it does, what it can look like, um, both good and bad. And like, you know, I have a, I, I had a rocky, rocky coming out and um, a lot of loose ends still. Um, and I think that's kind of on, on an extreme. Um, but even looking at my story, like I wouldn't change a thing about it because I got to go through this um, very uh, like, it was like crash course on how to be an adult at 22, 23. Um, and like had to really like do some soul, like some soul searching and some, some really hard, like get some really hard life lessons early that um, have just fundamentally changed my life. Right. Um, and, and just like, kind of like solidified who I am and what I, and what I'm capable of. Like, um, you know, I, you know, I, cause I've been through the ringer. So I feel like life can really throw a lot at me before it's going to knock my feet out from under me. Um, which is really, a, you know, a great, a great thing. So I think with, even with the bad there, um, and, and the most extreme cases, um, there's good, there's always good. There is always good. And I see it so much in you and just your creativity. Like I really feel like when we kind of come into that truth of who we are, like, I just feel like there's this divine inspiration that comes with that. And sure. your songs and your music are so beautiful. And the, the lyrics are just they go straight to the gut. You know what I mean? Like they just hit you on another level. So I feel like this has probably just opened you up so much creatively. It's just on another level. I would oh yeah. I mean, I, you know, when we were in school together, I wasn't even writing music, you know, I, right. I didn't, I could. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you're the, you're the most talented person where you've come from. And then you go to a place like Belmont university Belmont. and you realize his tisk, you are not. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's like the Miss America of like all the. It really is. So I mean, I uh, I, it took me a while to kind of like, you know, recover from college experience to yeah. you know pull it uh, pull it back a little bit and uh, really find it. You know, try to um, tap into that. Um, but I'm sure that your story, I mean, coming out and, and really like owning yourself, I feel like probably just opened you up to those parts that were blocking it to begin with, because you just sure. weren't, you were probably just felt so trapped in a way. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and you know, my first, my first EP was basically a concept record through my first breakup. I always joke with people and we're like, yeah, I never wrote because I never felt like I had anything to write about. And then I got my heart broken and bim, bam, boo, I got my first EP. There's the inspiration. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, it's, yeah, I think that's, um, yeah, obviously everyone has their own like journey, but yeah, it really did. I think, you know, once I finally was able to, you know, I came out and I mentioned it briefly, but I, you know, I really did go through some years that were really, really tough. And, and uh, I was, you know, horribly depressed and, um, you know, just not really thinking that I was ever going to get to the other side of that. And, you know, when I, when I did, um, that's when I started making music, like almost immediately after. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, so I, I, I can't, I haven't quite bridged the gap between the two, but 
I think there is something to say, uh, you know, that once you feel kind of in alignment with who you are, then that kind of like gives the the creativity like a path to, to walk down so no it, it just yeah absolutely I totally agree and I think because I you know I did not go through near as much as you did um on that level but I experienced you know some stuff in 2017 that really got me down and I felt like I couldn't write another song I felt like I couldn't write while I was in it really and it wasn't until kind of right after that I was processing what I went through. I was saying, wow, that was like really hard, really tough. And my brain is a fog. And now I'm just processing what I went through. And that's when yeah. everything started flowing out of me. Once I kind of was on the other side and did find that alignment, you know, um, yeah. and then you just kind of begin to process and you just flows out of you <laughs> like a river, you know, but I, I want to talk about, um, your most recent EP hurt people. Um, you go deep. And you tell your stories in such a beautiful way. And the title track, Hurt People, um, if you guys haven't heard it, you need to go listen to it. It's so beautiful. Uh, Brandon, actually, we played a show together, a socially distant video uh, show um, <laughs> the other night. And he played it, and I just was so moved. Um, and basically, the song just kind of talks about these this generational hurt that kind of gets passed down and passed down and passed down. And, you know, the second verse really talks about his story and kind of how his parents accepted his truth. And I, there's a line, I have it written here. It says, uh, you said, I knew they wouldn't understand, but I told them anyway. And that line was just like, Oh, because like, that's just bravery on a lo another level to me. And I know you kind of talked about, uh, you know, why you had to do it and what you're feeling, but where does that bravery come from? Like what flipped in your mind that said, no, I'm going to live truthfully and not within these limits. Like what, where does that come from? Cause not everyone can do that, Brandon. I, I think it's a, I think it's a good question. And I wish I could tell you, um, you know, I, I think that people have like, there's like an inflection point, right. Where, and they come at like at various stages and, and multiple times in your life where you really have to like decide who you're going to be. And if you're going to be authentic to who you are, or if you're going to let the people around you as much as they, you know, as much as you love them and they love you, um, if you're going to let them dictate that to you. Um, and I, I come wow. from a pretty strong-willed family um, I think that used to be how my family described me because that's how I think we all feel that way about each other. Mm -hmm. um, they have since replaced that word with stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> Tends to happen when you yeah. don't. Since I came out, they, were, want, they gave right? me a different version of the word. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but I think we are. I think I think we are kind of a strong-willed bunch. Um, and, uh, you know, my mother is, is, has got an inner strength in her that is very deep. And, um, and I, I think I kind of took that from her, but I, I will also go back to saying that, you know, um, it was, I, I was just at a point where I was, I was just in love with someone, you know, and I think he gave me a lot of strength to, oh. to kind of push past this uncomfortability that I, had always felt. Um, and, uh, I don't know, it's, it was just such a, we, you know, it's, it's, it was such a, a weird time because 
I knew I was going to, you know, I knew I was going to lose them. And, um, and I did. And, and uh, you know, it, it hurt a lot. And um, yeah. And uh, I don't know. That's a, enough I, motivation right there, right? Yeah. But I, I some, something in me, I don't know. Uh, I just knew I had to do it. And uh, I did. And I'm, I'm thankful and grateful that I did. Yeah. Well, what you did, Brandon, I feel like is incredibly brave. And I feel like there's a lot of people out there who are teetering, teetering that line right now of going, oh my gosh, like, I want to do this, but I'm scared. I want my family to care about me. I don't want to be rejected, <laughs> you know, but there's another part, you know, with like this other side of this freedom that I'm sure is just, God, I can't, I can't only imagine how it feels, you know, and you say, and another one you say in the song too, you say, you can hide your scars, ignore your pain, but it all comes out in other ways. And I'm sitting here just applying that to my life. I'm like, wow, that is such a powerful line. Like when we push down all these emotions after so long, like it just all is going to come out in bitterness sure. or anger or, or passing that down to you know, else. Uh, someone else or hurting people in relationships. Like it's just this really such a virus of its own. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And though, and I wrote that song with my friend Cole out here and he's a great, he's an incredible writer. Um, but there are some pieces of that song that were just mine <laughs> yeah mine um and i you know it's it just is so my story you know and um yeah man I, but i you know i uh, i'm always surprised when i get to play these things for people and to see their reactions afterwards um you know everything from you know i think the first time i ever played hometown i was so nervous about playing it because it felt so like personal to me and I didn't think anybody was ever going to like relate to it. And it was a straight white woman who came up and said, I should have written that song. That's my song, you know? And then you start to realize that we're all a lot more alike than we are different. And that's a great thing. Um, Absolutely. Oh my so. gosh. Yes. Well, yeah. And like, I mean, it doesn't matter what your story is. I mean, like I, I can see that line in particular, um, in my own life dealing with, you know, some of the things that I did growing up where it's like, gosh, if I don't face that, my relationships are going to keep being the same in the same cycle, or I'm yeah. going to keep treating people this way when I get angry, or I'm going to keep retreating in this area. Like, it doesn't matter. Like if you're not dealing with your stuff, if you're not aligning with your truth um, and you're just suppressing everything, I mean, that's how people get sick. Yeah, sure. You know? Yeah that's it's like it's almost like an energetic release you know but i'm just so impressed by you um in a way that you're encouraging so many people to live their truth it's just amazing um and i'm sure that you still struggle with a lot of things in a sense of you have these ideas of how your life is supposed to go you know, you want to have these dreams of your family probably getting together on Christmas and you bringing the love of your life uh, home and then welcoming him with big arms and whatever. And you talk about that in your, your song, Like Us. And it really uh, is a beautiful way of kind of 
letting us know how you feel your story in the sense of like, gosh, I want, I want my mom to say these things to you. And I want my dad to feel this way about you and love you and accept you. But the truth is, is that home isn't home for people like us. It's never going to be that way. Like, what does that feel like? And is that something that you have to mourn or is that something you have to accept? How do you process that and move forward and be okay with that? Well, I think both. I think um, you mourn it and accept it. It's one of the reasons I wrote about it. I also think that it's not every queer person's story, which is important to know. I, you know, I, I would say, you know, the majority of my friends don't relate to that story, um, which is a great, great thing. Um, that happens to be my story and my truth. And I know other people do relate to it, which is why I wrote it. Um, and I do mourn that. Um, but I also accept the reality of it. And to flip the whole thing on its head, a little bit of what I was saying earlier is that like, there are a lot of things like that. These are just like, these are just chapters and like little, you know, facets of, you know, thing of, of me and, and, and my world. Um, because yeah, I, I do, I never imagined growing up that I would be estranged from uh, my family when we were all so close. Um, I never imagined not being at the Thanksgiving dinner table. I never imagined not having a relationship with my nieces and nephews. Um, I could not fathom any of those things, but those are all true things. Um, but I could also not fathom being someone who is pushing for equality for queer people, someone who is advocating for representation for queer people in country music, someone who is, you know, just kind of trying to pave a path to make being queer and coming out more accessible, easier, and, um, you know, just uh, not as tough. Um, so there's, you know, there's kind of a flip to that. Like, I didn't see my life this way. Yeah, there are, there are some, there are some negatives. Um, and that, those are tough. But there are some also, there are also some really beautiful things. Um, Absolutely. And, and those are probably the things that people are weighing out. Like if somebody's listening to this show right now, and they're sitting here on the teeter totter going, Oh my gosh, like, I want to be like Brandon. Like, I feel so much freedom being like Brandon, but I am so scared of that whole thing of not going to my family's Thanksgiving and not being welcomed by them. What would you tell someone that's right there right now who is struggling to live their truth? How, how would you tell them that it's okay? Yeah, I think that kind of what we were saying earlier um, is what I would hang on to, you know, and that is this inward battle that you have to find yourself will always, will always be at, you will always be at war until you address it, right? So when I finally came out of my depression and finally figured out how to be proud of this person that I am, I found that space, right? And I, there's nothing that I would ever do to go back to where I was before. And it just made it, it made it all so much clearer to me to say, you know what, like I'm looking back at these relationships that I have and they are not relationships that I would accept now. I wouldn't accept a friend that said, 
well, I'd love to hang out with you. And man, I, you know, I, you know, let's go grab a drink and let's, let's hang on the weekends, but don't talk about anyone that you're dating. Cause I don't want, I don't want to do that. That's uh, not don't, true but, friendship. You know, no. Exactly. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't accept those kinds of people into your world. Um, because they're not accepting you. Absolutely. So it's, it's very, it's very clarifying when you, the, the, then at that point when you start to look back at like, um, people that were in your, in your world, uh, you realize that, that living, that being in relationship with people that put conditions on your relationship is not a real relationship. It's just not, it is, it is, it is a one-sided thing. You get nothing and they get control. They gain. And it's yeah. just not, it's not healthy for, I mean, for anyone, especially you. So I would say, care about yourself enough to be yourself. That's it. Mm, that's a, wow, that's huge. That's amazing. It's just a, a bunch of allowing. Like, I really think that you have to allow yourself to be as you are. And then I also think you have to allow people to be as they are yeah. and, and just accept them and accept it. What is, you can't control people. You just, no, and, and, and you just hit the nail on the head too. It's like, uh, you know, w- once you finally realize that there is nothing that you can do for them to change their minds or to make it better for you on this side, then that's a whole nother set of releasing, you know, um, that, and, and healing that happens, you know, because I tell queer people this all the time, when you come out, when you are finally, when you finally find the courage to be honest about who you are and you tell the people in your life, that is it. That's all you have to do. Your job is done. Everything else is on them. Everything else. Uh, yeah. You're a hundred percent right. You're a hundred percent right. And I, I got to ask you, um, I know you just released this documentary and in the documentary, you know, you're on the road, you're promoting your, um, your new music and you're going to this show, you're playing this show and you're hoping that your family is going to come. Um, tell me about it. Like, tell us about this documentary. I, I got to know what this was like and if it was healing for you. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was tough. Um, you know, I, it centers around, I go back to Chattanooga and play my hometown for the first time, which I'd never done. Um, so I think there's a level of excitement there and I, you know, I was excited about it. Um, uh, and you know, I invited my my family to come, and uh, you know, I'm at different kind of spaces in spaces with all all of them. Um, so I, I it was kind of really up in the air as to who would come and who wouldn't. Um, and uh, there was some you know pretty hard back and forth about um, why people were coming and some weren't, who was maybe going to come and who wasn't, um, and why. Uh, you know, and, and I, all the while, yeah, I still have to play a show. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's already stressful right. enough. Yeah, right. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the, um, that's kind of the driver of the documentary, you know, it kind of starts there and, and then it ends with, uh, this, this show at the, at the Choo Choo in Chattanooga. Um, don't and, give away uh, what happens. You can't give away what happens. I won't. Everybody I can't. No, you have to go my, watch it. But my but, question is, did you yeah. find healing? Did you, did it ultimately feel, um, I, I don't know, healing to you? Yeah. I mean, there were definitely like cathartic moments. Um, 
And I think that I walked away with a better understanding of my family. Um, any better for better or for worse for better <laughs> you know or for it. worse yeah i mean and so um yeah and and i think again like i you can't control anyone but yourself so i walked away with a, you know a better understanding of kind of where where i am in the world um and uh you know kind of what my my pathway forward looks like and um yeah i mean I, all in all i think it was another step and it was tough and it, I, you know, but I'm, I'm glad I did it. And I'm really proud of this project. And I, I, my hope is that, you know, people will watch it and, and, uh, you know, for queer people, I, I hope that they'll, you know, find some sense of solidarity in it. Um, and for, uh, you know, families with queer people in them, I hope that they will watch it and they will realize that this moment, this, you know, when their son, daughter, brother, sister, friend, um, you know, decides to, to be honest about who they are, they take that moment seriously. Um, and they're, and they're careful with their words and they're, um, they're careful with, with how they respond. Um, and that, you know, um, the best response is love and the best response is acceptance. Um, because those moments as trivial as they may feel in the moment um, can ultimately have lifelong, um, um, they can, they, they can really reshape someone's life um, for, for good or bad, you know, depending on, on who the person is. So um, yeah, I, I think it's for a mixed crowd and I, I hope people watch it and, and take something good from it. Wow. Brandon, you are such an amazing person. And I know so many people love you so much and are so proud of you. And as your friend, I am just unbelievably proud of you. So you inspire me and you've changed me and you, you know, you're someone that I am, I am rooting for 150%. So thank you so much for showing us what it looks like to uh, live and own your truth. And, and thank you for the amazing art that you're creating because of that. Uh, just, I'm so grateful that you took the time to do this. Well, thanks for having me. So good to see you. And uh, uh, you too. Yeah, I'm so happy you to be too. here. So be sure to go follow Brandon on Instagram at Brandon Stancil and be sure to check out his new documentary, Three Chords and a Lie, available now on Apple Music, iTunes, and Amazon. Thank you guys so much for hanging with us today. And don't forget, if you want to dive deeper into the content of each podcast each week, you can do that through my partnership with Patreon. Each week, I'll be uh, posting writing prompts and other exclusive content so that you can go deeper into yourself and into your healing process. Um, or if you just like to leave a donation to help make these podcasts happen each week, you can do that by clicking the link in the description as well to learn more. Thank you guys so much for your support and we'll see you next week on the Love Freak Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Love Freak Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe. You can also follow me on Instagram at the Love Freak underscore. Don't forget that's F-R-E-Q. Or to find out more information, you can go to www.thelovefreak.me. Look for a new episode every Tuesday.